fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. Six gigahertz stock. It is Friday. Oh, January 13th, 2023. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. How did I not notice it was going to be Friday the 13th this, this week? Oh, that's why everything's been weird. This podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. You've only got a couple of days. You actually got three days left. No, two days. Wait. Yeah, no, two days left because it it ends the morning of the 16th, right? In any case, info's in the description down below. Use my code POGHF18278 to get 21 free meals plus free shipping or just use my code in the link below. It's, it's way easier. All right, first things first. HBO Max is increasing the price of all of its ad-free plans. This means all the plans that actually don't have ads, which we used to back in the day just call plans because it was actually very rare to pay for a streaming service and get ads. I'm just saying, if I wanted ads while I'm watching video, I'd either turn on the TV or go to YouTube. But I've lost this battle, so here we are. All in all, it's going to cost an additional dollar per month across the board. So it is what it is. This will make pretty much everyone's new plans be $16 a month rather than 15 That sweet, sweet little bit of inflation affecting everyone. I know this actually is the title of the episode, but it's not going to be the big one to talk about. Intel launched a new desktop processor and it reaches 6 gigahertz without overclocking. Now, granted, it doesn't sustain 6 gigahertz, but with all of its built-in turboing and whatnot, it will reach 6 gigahertz, which is absurd and actually very interesting. Now, this isn't like any sort of enthusiast chip or anything. This is actually just their standard consumer-grade chip. This is actually the Core i9-13900KS that can reach up to 6 gigahertz, no overclocking. This makes it the fastest desktop processor. If you only look at, you know, clock speed performance and not multi-core or anything like that, it is an impressive feat. The sucker does chew power. It chugs wattage like nobody's business. We're talking, you know, 150 watt TDP with a power draw of who knows what. Well, someone knows. It's just not me. And it's, um, yeah, it's kind of nuts. It's impressive. And quite frankly, I do like to see... Amy and Intel go back and forth, back and forth. I like to see this competition. But in the end, we'll have to wait and see who comes out on tops. All right, let's talk about D&D for a minute. I have been kind of not talking about this story a whole lot, mostly because it's not technically technology, but it is gaming. And I do cover a lot of gaming news. And quite frankly, it is technology that brought D&D to where it is. So Wizards of the Coast is kind of looking at the D&D franchise and realizing, you know... We're not making as much as we should. And actually, there's a lot of people that are profiting off D&D massively. There are tons of various shows and whatnot out there, basically all done about their D&D games, that are profiting heavily. So, Wizards of the Coast decided to alter their licensing deal so that if you make a lot of money off D&D, you do owe royalties to Wizard in regards to this. Now, with D&D being pretty much a fully analog game, this is kind of looked upon many people as just kind of, but why? Like, on, if I just tell you, you know, the makers of a property 
are not profiting off major shows that are based on said property, you'd think that's kind of bad. And quite frankly, it does make sense to a degree. And in fact, I'm actually now drawing a blank on all the names of the various uh, big, big, big shows that actually brought D&D to the forefront. Now I actually, I feel really bad now. Dang it. That's why I get for recording these podcasts late at night for the next morning. Eh, I digress. But you, you get my point. Like, if I eliminate what D&D is from the equation, this seems perfectly reasonable. But here's the thing. They phrased it in a way that they can alter the deal at any time they choose and have it be retroactive. Remember how yesterday I talked about how the whole thing with YouTube, the biggest problem with it is the fact it's retroactive in its change? Yeah, this is a big problem. And quite frankly, the entire D&D community is up in arms about this. And for the most part, most of these people, majority of D&D players, they're not like the big Twitch streamers going ahead and making a full-blown production of it. They're not anyone going ahead and like releasing Netflix series based on their D&D campaigns or anything like that. It's a bunch of friends who printed off an Excel spreadsheet with their character sheet and are just rolling dice at a, at a table in, in one of their basements. That's it. That's literally it. Now, on top of all that, there actually is a subscription service called D&D Beyond. And quite frankly, this news just kind of just broke out as I was prepping this episode. This is originally just to be focused on the six gear Intel chip. And I realized, yeah, it's, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. So when I saw this, I was just like, you know what? I need to give my opinion on this. So I don't know what, what exactly D&D Beyond is. I'll be looking it up for it, obviously, for Eagle Eyes on Tech, because I'm going to need to talk about it in detail in front of people who are going to question me live. So I want to actually know what I'm talking about. But apparently D&D Beyond is a subscription that Wizards of the Coast has. A leaker from inside Wizards has said, Hi, I'm an employee at Wizards of the Coast currently working on D&D Beyond and with D&D business leaders on the health of the product line. If you want, I can provide proof of this. I am saying this message because I fear for the health of a community I love, and I know the leaders of Wizards of the Coast are looking at, A, they are briefly delaying the rollout of the OGL. Let me interject. OGL is referring to the Open Games License. This this is the licensing agreement that says that you can just do whatever you want with, with D&D. It's just all open. Everyone's happy. You can just do whatever. They claim they are rolling... Anyway, the leak continues. They are delaying the rollout of OGL changes due to the backlash. Their decision to make this decision, their decision in, is based entirely on the provable impact to their bottom line. Specifically, they are looking at D&D Beyond subscriptions and cancellations as it is the quickest financial data they currently have. They are still hoping the community forgets, moves on, so they can p still push this through. I've decided to reach, reach out at this time because this time in Wizards of the Coast, I have never once heard management refer to customers in a positive manner. Their communication gives me the impression they see customers as obstacles between them and their money. The Dungeons & Dragons Beyond team was the first told to prepare for support of the new OGL changes and online portal when they get back from the holidays. And leadership doesn't take any responsibility for the pain and stress they cause others. Leadership's first communication to the rank and file on the OGL was 30 minutes on January 11th, 2023. This is the first time they tried to communicate their intentions about the open games license to employees. And even in this meeting, they blamed the community for overreacting. I will repeat the main thing this leadership is looking at 
is the Dungeons and Dragons Beyond subscription cancellations. This is a leak that was sent out by D&D Shorts, one of said organization I was referring to earlier that my name completely blanked on. And I don't know why I didn't just look at the screen of who posted this leak. Wizard has been silent about this change since the 11th. If, if they actually do delay the rollout of the OGL, that means this isn't just blind hope that was created out of whole cloth. This actually is a legitimate leak. And if so, this means the community does have a way to definitely make their opinion known. Because quite frankly, the changes that Wizard is making to their open games license for D&D is, there's no other way to say it, it is absurd. Just straight up, it is in fact absurd. Now the thing is that with Dungeons and Dragons, they're not the only player at the book, all right? They're not the only ones out there. They are the most common tabletop role-playing system out there, but people can tell you all kinds of ones. One of them, any D&D player will tell you, the next best one is in fact one called Pathfinder. Paizo, the creator of Pathfinder, has made an announcement saying they have a plan for a system-neutral open RPG license in collaboration with other game companies. We believe it be irrevocably and unquestionably kept alive in the spirit of the open games license. And then gave a link to learn more. This should be the wake-up call that Wizards of the Coast needs. And keep in mind, I said this all went down two days ago. Two days ago, but because of the way information spreads throughout the internet, how fast everything moves, this is how quickly it all went down. Now, if this license was already was announced by Paizo, I would strongly suspect that this has been in the works for a while, but it's a plan to do so. It's not actually doing it yet. And quite frankly, you want to talk about how a Titan can be taken down? This could be the way a Titan, a literal Titan in the tabletop RPG community is. Like the, the OG, this is how the legacy of Gary Gygax can be taken down. But granted, Gary Gygax and his original Dungeons & Dragons, of course, the whole thing will still live on. The nerdiest of nerds will still remember the name. But in the end, Wizards of the Coast may in fact have just killed the name Dungeons & Dragons unless they make a drastic change and make it official and put it out in the forefront now. The moves they made has drastically drastically tarnish the name and it's bleeding it is bleeding badly right now and they need to patch the critical role oh my lord i can't believe i blanked on critical role oh it only took me half the podcast to remember that oh that that was figuratively killing me i think my points made clear though i can't remember names that saved my life unless they're major historic figures in the gaming culture and well i think that's gonna do it for me stay safe and stay healthy